Low Vault. It's a very lovely lady. Lita Ford. Hello. Vixen, how are you guys doing today? Great. Great. Opens now. And welcome back inside the Kilo Vault. I like what we've done in here, Hatcher. It's looking nice, huh? Tapestries. We got a popcorn <laughs> machine. <laughs> we've really taken off. This is all started. A beer we've cooler. Got, yeah, we got some sponsors. So Moving now on. we actually got some bottled water. We're good. Good to go. Today, you got something special. Hatcher found something cool from uh, the archive of tapes you've been sifting through. What do we got today? Yeah, so I'm looking in the back and I'm finding some stuff and I found this reel from uh, DJ back in the day, Tim Scott, back in 1984. And I don't even know who this guy was. So yeah, he's one of the guys like. we've introduced to a bunch of uh, keto jocks that we're familiar with. But this guy's elusive. The elusive, elusive Tim Scott. If anyone knows anything about Tim or if, if Tim, you come across this, uh, let us know more about you, man. we got an email. It's the Kilo Vault at Kilo943.com if you want to email us. And uh, Kevin DeBro. Kevin Pretty DeBro. Energetic riot. individual. Very energetic. Really funny liners. And with this one, uh, when Tim was interviewing him, it was right after Metal Health came out. So all the success that Metal Health had had, they were about ready to start up the new album, new release. And they were on tour. I do believe it was with Whitesnake. So they're top of the game. But uh, the one thing that's pretty unique on it, so there's a couple of things that we'll, you and I will touch on after we listen to the interview. But uh, the one thing I was going to bring up now, he does the, and I remember this listening when I was younger, the Friday Kilo, like what's happening? I forgot what it was. Like, what was like a it. weekend event thing? Weekend or? update. Not, well, I'm not live, but weekend <laughs> happenings or something like that. Uh-huh. And Tim and Kevin DeBro go back and forth reading what's going on in the Springs. And I loved hearing, and people cool. who listen, yeah, the Springs for a long time. Well, I always love hearing DJ's Nightclub, because I remember DJ's Nightclub. I remember seeing bands like Accept, Metallica once played. I remember seeing them on the marquee. So these guys, Kevin Dubrow and Tim, going back and forth with what's going on for the weekend was really, really cool. Yeah, a lot of really You'll that. hear it. You'll hear it. I'm better than that. I'm not going to read about concerts. <laughs> and for those who don't know, uh, you know, so this is the height of the band. Uh, mm-hmm. The band was started actually with Randy Rhodes originally. Um, and uh, then Randy got the job with uh, a guy named Ozzy Osbourne. You're familiar with his work, right? Dude, I did not know. You, I'm know looking at, you don't see me looking at you right now. I did not know. Yeah. And then Randy this. Rhodes was once with Quiet Riot. Yeah. And then once he left, they changed the name to Dubro. And then once Randy died in the plane accident, they changed it back to Quiet Riot and kind of a nod to him. DeBro. DeBro just doesn't work right. Right? It's not yet. It doesn't, that doesn't work right. So, yeah, they got, the band has amazing history. One of the biggest monsters uh, in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, here we go. It's Quiet Riot's Kevin DeBro with Tim Scott here on Kilo's Vault. Kevin DeBro of Quiet Riot is here, and he'll do the nightclub report next on Kilo. The ball. The Kilo Nightclub Report is brought to you this afternoon by Henry Weinhardt's Private Reserve. The Blitz Weinhardt Brewery, Portland, Oregon. Tell them it's going to be a rock. Welcome to the Kilo Nightclub Report for September 14th, 1984, and Kevin Dubrow of Quiet Riot is here with me, and we've got lots of things for you to do this weekend. I asked Kevin if he could do this cold, and your response was... Because I'm always trying to be as hot as possible. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) If you could do it for MTV, you can do it for us, right? Better for you. Why don't you go ahead and take the honors of the first line? Okay, at the Comedy Corner at Union Platte, we got Pat Paulson. 
And the tickets are sold at Independent and Big Apple Records and Tape. At the Cinema and Draft House this weekend, the Big Chill is showing at 7.30 and 9.30. At Poor Richard's Bookstore at Downtown on... That's Tejon. Tejon. Okay. Film is Local Hero at 8 p.m. only. At DJ's Nightclub, which I understand you visited, or some of the boys in the band visited last, last night. Last night, right. First Glass is on stage through Sunday. Kick Axe plays there at DJ's on Monday night. Some friends of yours again. And Bastille will open for Kick Axe on Monday. The tickets are $4 in advance at Big Apple Independent and Nickels and Dimes next to DJ's. And The Vice begins the week at DJ's next Tuesday night. And at the Institution of Rock and Roll, sounds like you're talking about me, the March, tonight and tomorrow night and concourse beginning Tuesday night. At Central Station, Victrola and Mountain Flyer on stage for the weekend. Also coming to Central Station, Three Dog Night, Commander Cody, Arlo Guthrie, David Bromberg, and Doc Watson and Leon Russell. Check the Kilo concert line for details at 630-3333. And at Pine Gables Tavern in Green Mountain Falls, Coda tonight through Sunday. At Yesterday's Lounge, Burgundy Rose this weekend. And there's big band music and ballroom dancing at Graham's Sunday afternoon. Just your cup of tea, eh? Oh, that's right. Ballroom dancing especially, man. At the Aaron Inn, the Ridge Runners, through tomorrow night. At the turn of the century in Denver. Got Tommy Two-Tone tonight at 8. Coming up, Rick Nelson tomorrow. Paul Revere and the Raiders Sunday. And Eric Burden next Tuesday at 8 p.m. At the Party Place in Thornton, just north of Denver. It's tight fit this weekend. And the following show has just been confirmed. Heavy Metal Burlesque with former Plasmatic vocalist Wendy O. Williams. Rocktober 8th at DJ's. $7 advance tickets on sale Tuesday at the usual DJ's outlet. Have you ever met Wendy O. Williams before? No, I have not. Only in photographs. I figured you two would hit it off real well. <laughs> or hit it. <laughs> at the Showtime Lounge, the jump is on stage tonight and tomorrow night. At Thunder and Buttons in Old Colorado City, Light Crack. At the Varsity Lounge, it's live band this weekend. As opposed to dead band, of course. They get the award for the most creative name this That's week. That's right. At the Yukon Tavern, the Brandy Wine Band. The UCCS film series continues tonight with Humphrey Bogart, starring in Casablanca. Showtimes are 7 and 9 in the Science Building Auditorium, and tickets are a dollar for students, two bucks for non-students. And let's see, The Rose in Pueblo, Stranger. Be sure to keep in touch with Kilo for details on the Governor's Cup run coming up next Saturday in Palmer Park. Oh, there's more, isn't there? There is more. There's oh, always okay. more. Excuse me for my radio flub, folks. Only me. Upcoming concerts include Kick Axe, The Thompson Twins and Berlin. Yes, Smokey Robinson, Warren Zevon, Rick Springfield and Corey Hart and Cindy Lauper. For details, call the Kilo Concert Line anytime, and I mean anytime, at 630-3333. You're listening to Kevin Dubrow helping out with the Kilo Nightclub Report this week. John Reed wants to help kick off this rock and roll weekend, too, and here's a few things from John Reed on what's happening around town. If you aren't watching tonight's MTV Video Awards... UCCS has started a Friday afternoon club that runs from 4 o'clock to 9 o'clock in the, in the pub up here at school. Uh, they serve... 3-2 beer, and there'll be special prices on that. Movie tonight is a big chill. Don't forget tomorrow's pre-registration and free foot race clinic for Pueblo's Guadalupe Liberty Run. 12 o'clock till 5 o'clock, and we will have a reception there at that time with free pizzas. Around town, I'm John Reed for the Nightclub Report.
And if you're a skier, be sure to mark September 29th and 30th on your calendar as the Morning Sun, Rocky Mountain Tours, and Kilo present the world premiere of Warren Miller's new downhill adventure film, Ski Country, at Colorado Ski Expo 84. Warren Miller will personally be here to narrate his new movie at the Pikes Peak Center. Reserve seat tickets are on sale right now for five bucks at the Pikes Peak Center box office, independent records in the Springs and Pueblo, and both ski house locations. That's Colorado Ski Expo 84, the last weekend of this month at the Pikes Peak Center. We do have some tickets to give away, too. As if we haven't done enough already, Kevin. What are we giving away? This is a tough job. Are you getting paid for this? Well, I'll tell you, there's a lot of different ways to get paid. You know, you were talking about if you're a skier, I'll tell you, all the guys in Quiet Riot, we are skiers. That's why we are like you really? Colorado. You guys are from Southern Colorado. You don't get any snow Southern there. California, you mean. Southern California, sorry. No, you'd be surprised. Think about it. Yeah? <laughs> In search of summer snow in Southern Colorado, right? Well, let's give away a couple pairs of tickets to see Kick Axe on Monday night at DJ's. Okay. Go ahead and give us a call on your line to rock and roll at 633-KILO or the toll-free number from Pueblo at 544-KILO. And we have three pairs of tickets to see Kick Axe to give away on Monday night. And that's about it for this week's Kilo Nightclub Report. Have yourself a swell rock and roll weekend. Stay warm. Autumn is in the air in the Rockies. And wherever you go this weekend, take Kilo with you. We'll talk more with Kevin DeBro of Quiet Ride in just a couple minutes. This is KILO, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, Denver, the home of rock and roll, Kilo 94. Yes, friends, Dangerous DeBro is here in the studios with us, and we'll talk more with Kevin next on Kilo. We're back with Kevin DeBro of Quiet Ride on Kilo 94. <laughs> this is back on the record now, Kevin. Okay. Okay, bring out the clean stuff, all right? Huh. Okay, let me have a look for it. I'll be back in about 10 years. <laughs> you guys had a party here in town last night, didn't you? Yes, yes, indeed. Party boys we are. Party all night is our motto, as you, you met will. met some know. of the local talent and stuff, all right? Oh, very talented they are indeed, yes. Yeah. Yes. Me and my partner in crime, uh, Frankie Benelli, we call us the Kamikaze Kids. We manage to get into all the mischief we possibly can. It's your way of life. Hey, life is supposed to be for fun, is it not? It sure is. <laughs> well, uh, what what is happening? I mean, the MTV Music Awards are on this weekend on television. You guys were champions in the uh, the rock fights for, uh, ten what, weeks. ten weeks? Ten weeks. You ten don't ten even weeks. get a nomination. What's the problem here? Uh, that was just what I was just asking. Us and Def Leppard. I noticed that Def Leppard didn't get any nominations here either. And we were both like the all-time uh, video champions, you know, for ten weeks each. And they, we didn't even get a nomination. <laughs> But, well, maybe uh, you'll get yourself some sort of honorable mention or something. Yeah, well, sitting here at this newspaper, I don't really know, because over there at MTV, they are such great people. I mean, they're all really... But I don't think they have anything to do with all this. I don't know, it's, it's kind of unusual. But then again, I, it seems that there's nothing in any of these nominations that's heavy metal at all. The closest thing is... Uh, well, I see something here for Van Halen and ZZ Top. But whatever, you know. I mean, we managed to get enough awards over the last year to, you know, fill our walls yeah. up. You know, we just basically are out here to play good rock and roll. Trophies are real nice and everything, but once you get them, you still want to go out there and bowl some more. You know what Absolutely. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Last time you guys were here, it was really before the uh, the whole quiet riot thing land. Well, you snowballed. Snowballed, right? It's a good term for it, I think. Everything right. happened real fast for you guys. So what's the last year been like for you? Complete insanity. Uh, probably the best year of our lives. I mean, without a doubt, the best year of our lives. Uh, just everything happened so incredibly unexpectedly, and basically. We didn't really have time to think about all of it while it was happening. We just did it. And uh, I remember coming in Colorado playing with the Scorpions 
we played Pueblo, we played Colorado Springs, you know, doing the university and right. all that. As a matter of fact, when we played in, in uh, Colorado Springs last year, that was the day that we found out we were doing the Us Festival. So we all went on stage. This is right before we went on stage here. And we all went on stage like, <sighs> sort of that. So it was, it was an amazing year. We sort of really didn't know what to think until it was all over. And then when it was over, what we thought was, all right, let's do some more of it, you know? Because that's what we're here to do is just get out there and play rock and roll, you know? It's all about for Quiet Riot. Get on stage. Yeah. Wild and all that stuff that everybody says, you know. What is your show like these days? I hear it is pretty wild. Yeah. Well, what we did was we took, uh, believe it or not, most all the money we made from last year's success and reinvested it into this year's tour. Uh, we carried six semis it takes to carry the show around. It is huge. Uh, I mean, when I tell you about this, this is not hype. It's two stories high, three levels. When Carlson and I get to the top level, it's, if it's the wrong night, we'll get a nosebleed. Mm -hmm. uh, the lights look like something out of Close Encounters. Uh, we've got enough lasers to make War of the Worlds look like a, a board game. And we have probably the loudest and best PA uh, that, that exists. And uh, it's just, uh, it's a lot to get used to for us because it's so much more massive than anything we're used to that we're just finding places to, that we haven't even moved on this stage. It's so... I mean, the laser effects themselves are things that no one's ever done. And the lighting, all the lights move. Everything moves. So it's just very unusual. Well, by the same token, it must be a real pleasure for you to work with that sort of thing after a, a band like yours has been around so long, paying dues and all that kind of stuff. It must be a pleasure to get on stage like that. Oh, it's great fun. It's, it's actually uh, it's a little scary in a certain sense because uh, as, as much as we've been used to playing arenas over the last year, to go on stage with such a massive setup and a huge show with all this insanity going around, it's just you tend to turn around and almost watch the lights move for yourself yeah. because you just go, wow, this is great. Look at these lights. Look at these <laughs> lasers. And so you have to make sure you don't pay attention to what's going on except for your singing and, and your guitar playing in the audience and stuff. So uh, did you find there was any pressure on the second album? I mean, were you under a lot of pressure to perform the way the first major album did? Well, we were really surprised the way the first album did. I mean, we never expected it to do so well, so uh, there was some obvious pressure there. I mean, you, I'd be a liar to say that we didn't think about it, but we went in with the attitude that uh, if the first album wasn't successful, we'd still try to make another good rock and roll album. And once you get in those four walls of the studio, you say, all right, are we going to try to copy what we did last time that sold five million records, or are we just going to try to make the best rock album we can? And we just tried to make the best rock album we can, although there are some people saying that we tried to copy it because we did Mama Raw Crazy now. And the reason we did that, basically, was because they needed to get a song out early, and we had that done uh, much earlier than the rest of the record. So we put it out. We didn't want to spoil anything by putting any of our own tunes out early because the single came out much, much earlier than the rest of the record. But basically, if you listen to tracks like Condition Critical in itself, it's much different than anything off Metal Health. It's basically, we just said, look, you know, all the record company... You know, manager, everybody's sitting here biting their fingernails going, oh my God, what are they going to do? How are they going to follow this up? And we just went in and said, we're not. We're just going to rock. I always wonder about that. I mean, is there a lot of strategy that goes on behind the scenes in record companies between the, the company and the band? I mean, is it really thought out that well in advance? Is there a lot of calculation that goes on behind the scenes? As far as the music and the recording of it? Or and the production and what direction the band is going to take? N not in our case. I'm sure in other groups' cases, yeah. Not in our case because... Uh, on Metal Health, <laughs> there was no preconceived idea at all. I mean, it was almost, it was done on a shoestring budget. We went in and we did it almost live. And uh, it just, we had to get out of the studio because somebody else was coming in. So it was so successful off doing something that was so totally unplanned that everybody figured, well, wait a second. It was so, it was, it did so well without planning it. 
let's not try to formulate these guys. And they basically let us do what we do best, just be quiet riot. And were you surprised at the way the first album took off? Oh, amazed. Because remember, it, didn't st it, it was eight months until it like went gold. And then it went platinum and then double, triple, and quadruple within two after that or something. So it was really a, a real building process. It didn't happen overnight, you know. But it still seems like it happened pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does. But then again, there was 10 years of playing clubs in Los Angeles to build up to this, you know, point. So it was quick once the album was out, but a very long process before that. Well, we're going to play something from Condition Critical now. It's uh, another Slade cover. Um, what what was your was it your decision to go ahead and, and do another Slade cover on the second album? Well, we wanted to do uh, Mama We're All Crazy Now for Metal Health, but the producer felt that Come Feel the Noise was uh, less more of a lesser known song in the states, so we should do something that people wouldn't say, oh, they're just doing a copy song. So we felt this is what we wanted to do on Metal Health, so we cut it and said if it comes out good, we'll put it on the album. If it doesn't, we'll leave it off, and we felt it turned out good. Mama We're All Crazy Now. Kevin DeBrow from Quiet Riot is right here in the studios with us at Kilo. Tell us about the forthcoming video from Quiet Riot. Uh, just last week we finished the video. video for the song Party All Night off the Condition Critical album. And we sort of based it on the movie Risky Business, which you might have seen involving a, an insane party scene where the parents go away for the weekend and the house gets, shall we say, redecorated. I think we're all familiar with that scene. <laughs> uh, yes, well, Party All Night was written about one of my experiences I think everybody in America had when their parents went away for the weekend and they redecorated the house with a lot, about 100 or 200 uninvited friends, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, now that you've ruined the surprise for us on the upcoming video. No, I haven't really, because <laughs> Quiet Riot plays three parts in the video. Ah, what is, what is that all about? I'm not going to ruin the surprise for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll play that song in a couple minutes so you can... Uh, get a little preview of that upcoming video from Quiet Riot. What, you mentioned playing at the US Festival. What are your memories of, of that gig? Um, taking a plane <laughs> from El Paso, Texas, at the, directly from a gig to the airport, not sleeping a wink the night before because of being so nervous, using a lot of rent equipment that broke down on stage. Uh, I remember very little about it. I mean, it was a great turning point in our career. But it so I'm going to interrupt here right now because that ended very abruptly. That's not our fault. That's how... Tim, thank you, Tim. If you're listening, thanks for cutting off you that sure interview. You sure stopped it, Tim. Right there. Or something about flying. They're doing the flying thing or talking about flying. But you know, Ross, the one thing and I was telling you this before that I thought was really interesting was the part where he talks about how, you know, we're all feeling, you know, crazy now. That that song, they, the record labels wanted to have a single. And back then, we didn't really know as but you and I being in the industry now know that and Many other people get know it now, but they put that song out, and they got a lot of trash for that. They got a lot of pushback saying that that song sounded so much like the first, you know, from the first album, and that's because they already had that recorded, and the labels wanted a song out. That's one thing I noted. Rec uh, the one of the thing we learned from the interview: record mm -hmm. companies always try to ruin things. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And I also learned MTV; it's always sucked. <laughs> right? <laughs> they knew that back in what was this '84 or something like that. Oh, it's always sucked, huh? <laughs> Unless they had old school headbangers ball. That was the only thing right. that gave MTV yeah, no, that clout was, for me was that headbangers was, ball. That changed old my one, life. the original one. But uh, yeah, Quiet Riot. Wow, Dubro. What right. a sad thing. What would have happened? This is one of those What would have happened with that band if he had not passed away, if he had not died? What could have happened? Because that band really went into obscurity. Just right. fell off. Just totally fell and off. And with reunions and everything now. You, know, you could definitely see a, a quiet riot reunion. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, Kevin would pass in 2007 in Vegas. Wow. Um, and uh, succumb like many rock stars. It was an addiction thing. Uh, but it's funny, too. I thought uh, it was crazy things. He was saying, oh, it's your you know, instant success. And he talks about, no, man, we were doing this like 10 years in the right. clubs. Yeah. So there's no such thing even then. It's a success. I mean, I know the success and the money came awful fast right. at that time, but, man, they put in their time. Uh, my favorite Kevin Dupro story is, is a later years Quiet Riot. Um, okay. After things had cooled off, they were playing the gardens, another the gardens. infamous oh my gosh, the place gardens. here in town. Loved the gardens. And I know a buddy who's doing the production there, and uh, he grabs me. He's like, come back here. <laughs> like, what? You, you got to see this. Were you working here on this yeah, happened? Yeah, I was working here. Okay. Uh, and I was I was at the at the club, and he's like, dude, you got to get back here and see this. All right. He's to the back room where all the gear is, you know, amps and guitars and all that stuff. And also on, on this table is two uh, huge round box, like uh, hat boxes. Okay. All right? Okay. And he's like, dude, look in there. <laughs> what the hell? What's in the box? Exactly. What's, What's in, in the, the box? Square head. <laughs> so reach over, open up this black box, and in there is Kevin DePro's hair. He had cut his hair? Well, no, his wigs. Oh, no! Shut the front door! No, 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 no. Yeah, because he Seriously, is, I mean, he's he known was for, like, bald. curly, curly uh, black yeah. hair was his, his, you know, kind of his calling card back then. And he had two wigs of his hair. And I, after he passed, I wondered, like, where are those? Where's his hair now? Wow. Where's his hair now? And I know some old school Quiet Riot people fans out there are probably going, oh, yeah, you didn't know that? No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't know that about Kevin. Brown. I just remember seeing it hardly had any hair. I mean, there's a picture, and hopefully we get to these uh, pictures that we have of uh, of them being here is when this interview took place. Uh, there's actually a picture, and I don't know if Sarah showed it to you. Rich, our founder, was sitting, and he's wearing a quiet, a quiet Riot shirt. Wow. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a golf promo shirt. shirt. Yeah, yeah, you know, a little promo shirt, but it was with Kevin DeBro, and he had some hair. He did have some hair, but that went quick. Well, he's got uh, as much personality as he had yes. hair, too. Yes. I mean, that was a, you can tell, a larger-than-life kind of individual, huh? Yeah. Really very cool, much man. So. Glad you found that. Tim Scott, good job, brother. Very good. Anything you want to add? Again, that email, it's uh, Kilo Vault at Kilo943.com. If you like what we do, tell a friend. If you don't, let's just keep that between you and me and Hatcher. <laughs> and us. All right. And thanks for visiting the Kilo Vault.